In Testimonies to the Church, Ellen White wrote, The medical missionary work is to be the work of the church as the right arm to the body. She went on to say, The medical missionary work is the gospel in practice. Clearly, medical missionary work is important, but what is it and what are some practical ways you and I can get involved? Hi, this is Esther Lowe. Join me in this episode of the GYC Beyond podcast as Dr. Leela Lewis addresses these questions. Hi, Dr. Layla. It's so wonderful to have you here. Welcome to the GYC Beyond podcast. I want to first start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you, Esther, for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here with you. You know, I am an obstetrician and gynecologist. Mm -hmm. I actually finished medical school in 2001, Mm -hmm. and then I did my residency and my master's in public health and finished residency in 2009. Awesome. So today we're talking a bit more about medical missionary work. In your words, what is medical missionary work and what isn't it? Well, medical missionary work is sharing whole person care mm-hmm. with the individuals you're trying to witness to. Mm-hmm. So that means physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual healing offered to the patients. What it isn't is just providing physical care. And there's a lot of organizations mm-hmm. out there doing a lot of really good work, but if we don't offer the whole person healing, we really haven't done anything at all. And of course, that's what Jesus did. We're just right. following his example. And here we get the opportunity of being his hands and feet. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, that's what it is and that's what it's not. That's awesome. How did you start trying to put this whole person care into action in your life? Personally, it started many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back in college, actually, uh-huh. you know, I, I was always a pretty good student. I, I knew for many, many years I wanted to be a physician. And just to give you just a tiny tidbit about me, I've always kind of had missionary work in my blood. I was mm-hmm. born in Africa. Oh, um, wow. My parents my parents were missionaries. In fact, I barely escaped with my life. I was only mm-hmm. a baby at the time. Uh, it was a coup. The government came in, took the mm. hospital over, you know, massive massacres. Wow. My parents barely got out. Of course, baby me barely got out. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I always knew someday, in one capacity or another, I wanted to be a missionary. And so through, through actually high school and even college, I knew I wanted to be a physician, wanted to go to Loma Linda. By God's grace, I got into Loma Linda. Uh-huh. And when I started medical school, I, I sought to, to really try my best to be involved in different mission trips. But it wasn't until really during late medical school and early residency that mm-hmm. I began to put into practice some of the things that I was learning as I was reading the Spirit of Prophecy. Right. So what are the first things that you put into practice? Well, the very first things I put into practice was actually being Isaiah 58 to people. Uh-huh. I actually literally drove around with a few friends of mine. We would drive around San Bernardino and pick people up, hmm. homeless people, bring them meals, and then take them to church. Wow. And so from there, I began to realize there was more I could do. I'm a medical student. Mm-hmm. I, I know a little bit about medicine, not a lot, <laughs> a little bit. And so I began to try to help their, their physical needs while I was continuing mm. to provide them, you know, other ways, you know, food and clothing and those kinds of mm-hmm. things. But as we were also presenting spiritual needs, too. And as I got further along in my career, I realized that there was even more I could Mm -hmm. do, but not just me individually. I wanted to open it up to the church at large. Uh And a lot of praying, and from there, God started something called, allowed me to start something called Right Arm of Love. We actually provided health screening. I had just barely finished my internship. So (laughs) any young people listening right now, if you think you're like, you're not done with your training and can't do anything, don't, don't even listen to that. That's just a temptation Uh of Satan. I was, I hadn't even finished internship. 
Wow. Didn't even have my license. <laughs> and God said, do this thing at the Arizona State Fair. Uh-huh. And so that first year, over a course of two and a half weeks, we provided health screening at the time for almost 3,000 patients. Wow. And so from there, God taught me mass scale health, if you will. But mm-hmm. I wanted to do more than health screening. I wanted to uh-huh. actually provide people with the training that I had been provided more than, you know, nursing mm-hmm. is wonderful. Praise the Lord for nurses. But, you know, as physicians, we know how to do even, you know, a little bit more than that. I wanted to be able to mm-hmm. have our practitioners be able to offer those. And so we continued to expand. And from there, I began to do health lectures. God provided open doors. Again, no license. And I'm meeting <laughs> with the governor of the state of Arizona. I was oh, wow. interviewed on NBC, CBS. NBC actually asked me to be their medical correspondent. And again, I didn't even have my license yet. So uh, God in his providence did provide me with my education. And yes, I am a board certified OBGYN today. Awesome. Um, but anyway, long story short, God God led me into Pathway to Health. And mm-hmm. that's what we're doing now. So really, for you, medical missionary work started at the same time as your own medical career. Basically, yeah. And they grew together. Yeah. And that's a really powerful story, especially, you know, not even having your license yet and you were doing things um, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. How did the idea come to you to be able to do it on a massive scale with a lot more people? And, you know, some people may have heard of the ministry that you currently work with, Pathways to Health. Could you tell us a little bit more about how that started? So Your Best Pathway to Health really started kind of as an idea, dream, if you will, in about 2013. But again, it even started before then. Mm -hmm. When we began to do these health events at the Arizona State Fair, I believe God was training me how to Mm -hmm. do mass scale numbers of patients with lots of different people under the auspices of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So that was my goal, was to really revitalize medical missionary work within our church. I feel like sometimes as physicians and providers, we've kind of gotten a little sidetracked. And this is an opportunity to do that. So how it came about was I was the brand newly elected president of some organization called Pacific Union ASI. It's a Mm -hmm. chapter of Adventist Layman Services and Industries. And one of our speakers stood up and showed us a video of an organization that's not even Christian, and they provide free health, kind of some minor health things and some dental work. And they basically said at the end of it, you know what, Adventists, it's nice that you're meeting together once a year for your meetings, but what are you doing for the people around you? Wow. And it was like a bolt of lightning went up and down my spine, and God was like, do this. And I had a baby, a nursing baby, and three other little children, (laughs) in addition to my nursing baby, who was only two and a half months at the time. And I was a practicing OBGYN. And I'm like, God, I don't know how to do this. This is the United States. This is not (laughs) Africa. This is not, you know, wherever. This is the United States, and we have a lot of licensing issues, and we can't just do this in the United States. And God was like, no, you do this. And so with lots of fasting and lots of praying it all hours of the night, literally Mm. 3 o'clock in the morning, many, many (laughs) nights in a row. God, I don't know how to do this. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. And he created an organization that literally came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it was all of us working together, Seventh-day Adventist Christians working together in our various aspects. I mean, we had plumbers. We had electricians Mm -hmm. running the the plumbing and the electricity. We have people that walk patients from location to location. Of course, Mm -hmm. we have the physicians and the dentists and the nurses, etc. But all working together to provide on a massive scale Mm -hmm. whole whole person care. Pastors working alongside lay Mm -hmm. people. 
So you use this word whole person care a lot. Mm-hmm. And I noticed you're talking about, you know, plumbers being involved, pastors being involved. Whole person care, it's not just someone who has a medical degree, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, yeah. 80% of our volunteers for our organization are non-medical. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so they can do all kinds of things. We do all sorts of things. Besides the medical, I mean, we have what we call beautician and barber services where mm-hmm. people get free haircuts. We have people who run the clothing department and they mm. distribute. In fact, in San Antonio, we had a huge section of men's suits. <laughs> men's Warehouse had donated a whole bunch of, actually I think it was 300 men's 300. suits. And we were able to give those out. And you should have seen the men. They were so happy. Mm. For the first time in their lives, many of them had never had a suit before, ever. Mm. And they had this nicely fitted, tailored suit wow. for themselves. And we have legal services, and we have children's services, and you name it, whatever, actually what happens usually Mm -hmm. is someone will call in or write in and say, hey, I'm this, that, or the other. Do you have any role for me? And I'm like, yeah, why not? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Let's go for it. (laughs) And so that's usually how our new departments start. Wow. So you've been running since 2013. We began planning for our first event in 2014. Yeah, so in 2013, we began planning for 2014. Uh What are some of the stories that you've had, some of the highlights from the last few years? Well, actually, I was just telling this one the other day. It actually comes back Uh to the men's suit. Uh, We had, again, the men's warehouse donating the suits there Mm -hmm. in San Antonio. There was a young man. He came in, and he had been living with a woman for some time. And his reason for not marrying her was that he didn't have a church to get married. He stated so, anyway. Uh Didn't have a church, and he didn't have the money to buy a suit or a tuxedo, as the case may be. Well, the pastor, after he got his dental work and he got his hair cut, he actually led him over. He starts talking to him a little bit about his situation and mm. encouraging him to marry the woman if he felt like this is the woman that want, God wanted him to marry. Otherwise, he needed to, you know, mm-hmm. separate and follow God's plan. So the pastor's talking to him, and he finds out he's concerned because he doesn't have a men's suit. He goes, you know what? I have just the thing for you. He walks him over. <laughs> gets him to the tuck, the men's suit area, and it just so happens that there was only one tuxedo left in the whole area, wow. and it fit the man perfectly. Oh, wow. And so then the young man said, well, you know, I... I don't have I, I don't have a dress for my wife though or my soon to be uh-huh. you know fiance wife you know that that might be a problem and the guy goes let me see about that he goes <laughs> and he talks to the tailor and the tailor says you know what I have this one wedding dress and I'm not sure what in the world to do with it and he pulls this dress out sure enough it's a wedding dress and it just so happens to fit the bride perfectly oh wow so now <laughs> he has a tuxedo uh-huh. he has a wedding dress and then the guy goes this one last thing he had is this issue was well I don't have a pastor or a church to get married he goes you know what you are just in the right place because I'm a pastor right here I have a church and of course I'll be happy to officiate your wedding and sure enough praise the Lord the couple did get married with the pastor so you know there's just a lot and we don't know Mm -hmm. we don't know this side of heaven we don't know what impact that will make in the long term for so Mm -hmm. many people and I don't think we can judge any of it. Although, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, we've had hundreds of baptisms in mm-hmm. San Antonio. I think there was 135 baptisms wow. as a direct result of Pathway. But we we can't judge events based mm-hmm. on an immediate response. These kinds of things can sometimes take a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And we really won't know this side of heaven what the results of what we do are. Wow. Every time you organize one of these events, there are things that could go wrong at any time. What is a miracle that's happened for you? in one of these events where you thought that something wouldn't work out and it did? (laughs) (laughs) Well, your husband can tell, I'm sure, a lot of those stories too. Uh (laughs) 
Eric's worked with us for years, so right. we're very grateful for that. But, you know, I actually think back to Pathway Phoenix, and we just felt really impressed that we wanted to be offering actual major surgeries on the mm-hmm. floor. You know, we had right. done some minor surgeries under you know, lidocaine and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. but we wanted to actually have conscious sedation, offer hernia repairs. I mean, my goal is to actually on the floor to be able to to offer full surgical procedures, but mm-hmm. that... That requires a little bit more than what we have right now. (laughs) So in order to do conscious sedation, which is basically Mm -hmm. where the patients are asleep, Mm-hmm. And they, you know, then we're able to operate on them. We needed to have a vehicle, or at least an RV of sorts, right. so we could do cataract surgeries, we could do mm-hmm. hernia repairs, and different other things there on the floor. So that, that vehicle would have like all the equipment that you need. It has, you know, basically just an uh, uh, an enclosed environment, and then we mm-hmm. perform the sterile, you know, the sterile right. procedure in it. Well, we prayed about it. We sought these vehicles. We couldn't find any anywhere. We kept They kept saying, oh, we wish, you know, for this, that, and the mm-hmm. other reason. We wish it would have worked out, but it's not going to work out. Come down literally to the day we're setting up the event and come to find out we didn't just get one RV. We got two RVs wow. that literally came from nowhere, and I believe they came from God. And mm-hmm. because of that, we were able to do cataracts. Mm-hmm. We ended up being able to do actual hernia repairs wow. on the floor of the Phoenix Convention Center. We were doing scopes of the uterus or hysteroscopies, mm-hmm. cystoscopies. They even did a mastectomy on the floor. Wow. So, <laughs> a partial mastectomy, I should say. Wow. But, but, you know, God is so good. And mm-hmm. when we, I think if we limit him, we're, mm-hmm. we're just never able to see what he has in store for us. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's many, many other instances like that. This is just powerful, just hearing some of these stories, which I'm sure are just like a little piece of what you've experienced every single time you have a Pathways event. When is the next Pathways event, and how can a young person who may not have medical experience, how can they get involved? Well, those are excellent questions. So the very next Pathway is mm-hmm. Pathway Fort Worth, and that will be at the Will Rogers Stadium, September 19 to 21, so just a few weeks away right now. Right. And we're looking forward to young people in particular being involved. And young people can volunteer everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, you know, you can, let's say you're going into nursing school Mm -hmm. or you're going into dental hygiene or dentistry or whatever. Wherever you'd like to volunteer, you're welcome to assist Mm -hmm. in. But if you're not interested in the medical areas, there's tons of other places you can volunteer. You can volunteer in spiritual wellness or chaplaincy. Mm -hmm. They can volunteer in something called patient assistant transport where you actually walk patients from location Mm -hmm. to location. Another area where millennials in particular and young people, you know, coming Mm -hmm. up have a real talent and that is in social media and Mm -hmm. communication. There's a huge communication department. We need, we need a lot more volunteers in that Mm -hmm. area too. Just letting not just the community know, but actually the whole world Mm -hmm. to know what's taking place right there in Fort Worth as an example of what they can do. Seventh-day Adventist Christians Mm -hmm. can do when we partner together, when we work together Mm -hmm. collaboratively around the world. Wow. Now, what about those people who can't make it? Uh, maybe they live in a part of America that's too far away from a Pathways event and they don't have the money to get there. Or maybe they live in Europe or Australia or another country. How could they maybe start a similar event or do something in their community for promoting this whole person care? Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, go to God because he'll tell you uh-huh. what he wants you to do. And um, don't be surprised if he tells you to do something that you think you can't do because <laughs> <laughs> he has bigger plans than we do uh-huh. and we just can't limit him. But the next thing I would recommend is try to get 
together with as many people as you can. Mm. And don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself to, oh, I only think this way and that group of people thinks that way mm -hmm. and thereby we can't work together. Let God be the judge of that. Mm -hmm. And you'll see beauty in unity. Mm -hmm. and, and that's I think that's my biggest biggest kind of little soapbox, if you uh -huh. will, is that we need to all come together under the beautiful unity of being Jesus' hands and feet. And when we work together, mm -hmm. God blesses. Wow. So basically, it's really if, you, if, we, if someone wants to start an event like this or do something different to promote whole person care, it's about getting together, not limiting God, and dreaming big. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for sharing just a brief picture of Pathways to Health. I really appreciate what you've done and how you've been promoting and pushing these events around America. And we also appreciate that you were able to come here and share. If someone wants to get in touch with you, is there a website that they can go to to find out more about Pathways to Health? Absolutely. They can go to Pathway to Health. Mm -hmm. If they want to volunteer specifically, pathwaytohealthvolunteer.org. That's Pathway to Health. Volunteer.org. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. We appreciate Dr. Leela Lewis and everything that she is doing for Christ. To hear more episodes, don't forget to follow us on iTunes or go to gycweb.org/beyond to find out more.